Hello everyone, my name's Elliot, you're listening to The Stagey Place, and on this week's episode, we are joined by Julian Greer, writer of Meet at Theatre 503, dramaturg of Kathy and Stella Solve a Murder, and this week, talking about her role adapting Eliza Clark's best-selling novel, Boy Parts, for the Soho Theatre London, where it's currently running until the 25th of November, 2023. I had the absolute pleasure of interviewing Julian a couple of weeks ago where we got to chat about Boy Parts, what it's like adapting a novel for the stage and having the freedom to actually bring the show to life with some more theatricality thanks to the original writer of the novel, in this case Eliza Clark. Plus we talk a little bit about Kathy and Stella, one of my standout shows of this year's Edinburgh Fringe Festival and its UK tour in Bristol and Manchester. So sit back, relax and enjoy episode 118 of The Stagey Place with this week's guest, Gillian Greer. Hello Jill and welcome to The Stagey Place. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. Jill, this is going to be such an exciting interview because we have so much to talk about because currently you are the adapter for Boy Parts, which is coming to the Soho Theatre from the 19th of October until the 25th of November. But also at the time that this episode is coming out, you also did some dramaturgy for Kathy and Stella Solve a Murder. I saw it three times in Bristol this year and I also saw it in Edinburgh this year and I saw it in Edinburgh last year in 2022. So I didn't oh, even wow. realize that you were working on that show until a couple of days ago when I was researching for this interview that you did some dramaturgy for that show as well. <laughs> it's a show very, very close to my heart. I'm delighted to speak to such a diehard fan. Yeah. Uh, a member of the murder gang no less how exciting <laughs> absolutely yeah one of my favorite one of my favorite shows of the past couple of years and yeah. to see it in Bristol new set brand new set you know that feels right to be in a theater it's a wonderful wonderful experience absolutely it's become a show I mean it always was but I feel like it, it is now reaching its own ambition in terms of scale in a way that's really exciting yeah really proud of it yeah, yeah, it should be a very proud project for you. So obviously, Jill, today we are here mainly to talk about Boy Parts, which is at the Soho Theatre. But before we get into Boy Parts and your work as an adapter, but also as a writer on other projects, what I want to ask you is how you got into theatre. So for you, Jill, where did theatre start to come into your life and you realised that you maybe wanted to have a career in the industry? It's a good question. I mean, I'm a relatively late bloomer in that regard. I think uh, drama isn't taught in Ireland in the way that it is in the UK and increasingly isn't in the UK but it, it wasn't something that was sort of part of my lexicon my family didn't really go to theatre or anything like that I found theatre in the classic way that all teenagers do which is through like being in a school musical yeah. or similar so I was in a production of Oliver when I was 16 which like completely rocked my world and changed my life and I was always a writer, but I was always a writer of prose prior to that from like age seven or whatever. And so it was only when I was in my sort of late teens that the idea that writing and, you know, theatre performance could sort of come together. So that was it. I hadn't really considered it. I hadn't really seen plays. I was just lucky enough that I was accepted into a course to study English and drama. Mm-hmm. And then I started to sort of fuse my what had been my two sort of disparate interests um, together into playwriting. 
Yeah, and tell me a little bit about your writing style because you had your first play Petals on at the theatre upstairs and then you had Meet at Theatre 503, which I think was nominated for the International Playwriting Award. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but at 503, they've been yeah. like a major, major support of me and of like, I think the whole new writing ecology over the last like 10 years. I'm very grateful to them. The inescapable recurring theme of all of that work is sex and sexual politics and consent, which is probably one of the reasons why boy parts became so of interest. You know, I was raised in sort of a Celtic tiger Ireland that was vaulting very quickly from a very sort of conservative Catholic society into like a very metropolitan, atheist, more exciting, more independent, more modern society. I was sort of growing up at the cusp of that. And so like, I think a lot of my work is generally concerned with like how we manage those shifts, both personally and sort of societally. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're kind of moving into boy parts now, which you should say was originally a book. It's a novel and now is being adapted for the stage at Soho Theatre. So talk to me, Jill, about how this book comes to you and you're asked to adapt the novel. Is it a book that you are familiar with? Like, do you read the book and then go and say, I want to adapt this for the stage or do like a company come to you and say, oh, oh no. Yeah, in, in this case, yeah. I read this book and hunted it down. Yeah. <laughs> I was so taken <laughs> by it. Um, I think, you know, adaptation is increasingly becoming more and more important to like all writers for performance, uh, be it stage or screen. So I was, I, I generally tend to have adaptation in the back of my mind when I'm reading anyway. And sometimes, particularly in telly, companies will come to you and they'll bring you projects and say, would you, would you be interested in adapting this? But I think actually when it works best is when you find something that you are absolutely mad about and feel like you have an understanding of how you would approach it or what you would do and and that was very much the case with boy parts I read it last summer was completely taken by the voice and the story and um, I'm also I also work at Soho and so I'm constantly thinking about who we are as a theatre and how we can sort of push forward our own identity and our own work and a play of this book just felt like the perfect intersection of all of those things. Yeah. And, and I'm just very grateful that Eliza and her agents were like generous enough to let me have a go. Yeah. <laughs> See, like you say, when you when you're reading books, you know, you have adaptations to the back of your head, you know, when you're always reading these books. So at which point was it when you read the book? Was it in the middle? Was it at the end? Was it, you know, those first 10 pages that everyone always talks about, you know, that hook, line and sinker of a book that you were like, I want to really drive this into becoming a stage adaptation it came I think at the end of the reading of it I was I knew I was enjoying it all the way through I was having an absolutely rip-roaring time but the moment there was a very particular moment I don't think it's a spoiler to talk about it there's a line at the end of the book which I've fought tooth and nail to get into the script that says something about how this character Irina doesn't know what she needs to do to be considered a threat right and that line was so impactful and so struck at me and felt like a sort of beautiful synthesis of everything I had read up to that point and I thought oh I feel like I have a way into this I feel like I have a version of this or an interpretation of this that can explore this kind of in the live so that line is one I've talked about it in other interviews and it's kind of become a bit of a guiding light of like this is what I'm set now to do here, like my mission statement for my version of Boy Parts. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, you had the blessing now of Eliza Clark, who wrote the novel of Boy Parts. So when you are then given that permission to then adapt the book and stuff, and like you said, you fought tooth and nail for that final line to kind of be included in the script. Is that because 
you have conversations with Eliza about what parts of the book you want to include in the play and how you adapt it and what words of Eliza's is included in the actual production itself. Like, How do you go about adapting it once you've got the permission of the writer itself? Yeah, I mean, every project will be different. On this one, Eliza's been so open and so game because we have made some pretty big departures from the book you sort of have to when you realize how much you're losing in terms of time spent with these characters and you know you're going oh this relationship which unfurls over the course of a year and a half in the book Mm. is actually like two dates now so how do we do that like do you know what I mean so Eliza has been really open and really game and I've sort of sent sent drafts back and forth we were lucky enough to have like an R&D performed by our actor with me, Eliza, and the director present. And we sort of talked at length after that about what felt like it needed a bit of work and elevating and what was working. So we've been sort of in constant conversation throughout. The thing that I found really, really useful to do just as an exercise when I started this process, and I'd recommend it, I guess, for anyone adapting anything really, is I have what's called a blueprint draft. So that is a first draft of the script which is entirely where it's in the book. There's no change whatsoever. It's just the content from the book in a vague shape that I think may be the show. (laughs) And and it's been a bit of a Bible. I found myself referring back to it time and time again, even now that we're more like five or six drafts deep, having that as a Bible of like, these were the primary source that I wanted to use having that to come back to has been really, really invaluable. Yeah. And so let's say then we've got people listening to this podcast who are wanted to come and see the show. They've read the book. And like you said there, you've had to make some changes to the play adaptation of the book. A year and a half of the book, you've changed it to two dates. What else can people coming to watch this show who have read the book expect? I hope that many people will see their favourite moment (laughs) (laughs) dramatised on stage in front of them. I can't promise everybody well but I hope that many people will get to see their favorite moments and we'll get to see an Irina and our amazing performer Amy Kelly like get to see an Irina brought to life that has lived in their heads for a really long time so I hope that they get sort of joy and satisfaction out of that there's definitely some change but I hope that it's only to sort of amplify and honor the spirit of the original rather than to detract or take away and I guess a little bit of room for um interpretation like the book really has a spirit of ambiguity about it and about Irina's story and how much of it is true and how much of her you can believe and I think we've really pushed that as far as we can so I quite like the idea that even people who have read the book and have ideas about what the reality of that story is might be challenged about that and might have arguments about it after they've seen the show that would be a a modest hope yeah Yeah. and obviously yeah like we say you've got Amy Kelly uh, there playing Irina let's talk about Amy's performance then what can people expect from Amy's performance because clearly you've had the R&D you've had Amy in the room you've had uh, Eliza there and the director there watching this performance what does Amy give to Irina that is so exciting for people to watch there's a line that Irina repeats consistently throughout the book which is I have literally no sense of humor but unfortunately Amy is really 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 funny okay (laughs) (laughs) And, and I mean that in the best possible way I think that in Amy we have an Irina that is threatening, charming, manipulative, and kind of inescapably charismatic. Like you find yourself rooting for her in circumstances she, as she does things that no no one should ever be, you know, supported in doing. I think she allows us to sort of live vicariously through her a little bit and get that thrill of like 
enjoying the transgressive if that makes any sense she also loves the book and is so dedicated to the book and has been for a long time like like Amy is a fan first before she's anything else of boy parts and that's been a real joy and a gift to have in the room with us as we make the show that is wonderful well Gillian thank you so much for coming on to talk about boy parts once again it's on at the Soho Theatre from the 19th of October until the 25th of November this year now Gillian before you go we have two final questions for you they are questions that we always ask every guest that come onto the podcast and the first question is about advice that you might have for people coming into this industry maybe they're like you maybe they came in a little bit late to this industry and maybe they want to be an emerging writer an adapter or maybe a dramaturg so obviously you spoke a little bit earlier on about the blueprints concept based solely on the novelist words but what other pieces of advice would you give those emerging writers who want to come into the theatre industry yeah I mean it's been an unprecedentedly hard couple of years for exactly that right so I just want to acknowledge that beforehand I, I guess there's two things one is practical and one is significantly less practical the practical piece of advice is just like read widely like more widely than you could ever imagine and I mean plays but I also mean novels articles short prose you never know what story might sort of speak to you particularly now in a world where sort of existing IP has increasing value and particularly in screen less so in theatre but very much in screen having like three to five projects in your back pocket that's like the thing you would love to make the thing that you have an insight on that nobody else has like is really 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 invaluable and also aside from the sort of slightly cynical industry reason just makes you better just widens your horizons massively if you're reading loads all the time the slightly less practical piece of advice is just like find the joy keep the joy Mm-hmm. It's been a really hard couple of years and it's really easy to get demoralised and writing can be really lonely. So just find the joy, keep the joy is the most important thing I can say. Absolutely. And we do like to keep joy here on the stage of place, which is why we are moving on to our final question of this podcast. It is the based on this title of this podcast. That is the stagey place. And what I love to ask all of my guests who come onto the podcast is where their stagey place is. So Gillian, for you, this could be the place where you're reading all those books and you're getting these inspirations for these adaptations to stage. It could be a theatre maybe where you've had one of your plays. It could be the theatre upstairs or maybe it's Theatre 503 where Meet was on in 2020 or it could be somebody who's maybe inspired you maybe it's one of these writers that has inspired you and really has helped you in your course to then adapt books into plays onto the stage so Gillian Greer for the final question on this podcast whereabouts is your stagey place? I have two is that a cheat? Uh, Am I no, allowed? It's absolutely fine you go for it. Amazing so the first one has to be Soho Main House which is where the show is going to be performed I know that feels obvious but like I've worked at Soho as literary manager for the last four years for two of those years it was literally illegal to do anything in that space like the occupants of the town of Footloose and the uh, the idea of even getting to make work for that space felt fantastical for a long time and then the last two years all of my joy of theatre has happened in that space absolutely all of it my work my colleagues works my friends work that's where it all lives so that's my first one and then my second one is the sea just the sea <laughs> I moved to Margate just over a year ago and so I live about five ten minutes walk from the sea and when my tank is empty when I'm at a low ebb that is where I go it's where I go to read write think all of it and so the the sea has inescapably also become my stagey place I hope that's okay 
no absolutely fine yeah there is something about this it's the vastness isn't it it's just like the openness of what is out there I guess I guess it's a lovely place to be yeah like you say when you have your tank emptied and you need somewhere to just you know refuel let's say and recharge it's a wonderful place to be and like you say the Soho main house also where Boy Parts is going to be this October through to November so Gillian thank you once again for coming on to the stagey place Again, Boy Parts is on from the 19th of October until the 25th of November. Gillian, thank you so much for spending your time with us today here on The Stage Place. Thanks for having me. Have a lovely day. And there we go. That was the episode 118 with Gillian Greer, the adapter of Eliza Clark's Boy Parts, which is currently playing at the Soho Theatre in London until the 25th of November 2023. Now, like every episode of the podcast, if you are interested in booking tickets or want to find out more information about Boy Parts, you could do so by clicking the link in our episode notes wherever you are streaming this podcast. Join us next week when we'll have Carolyn Lloyd-Davies, a returnee to the stagey place, coming on to talk about her brand new show, Can't See For Looking, which is playing at the Cockpit Theatre. Now, if this is the very first time you are listening to the stagey place, why not follow us on social media, Instagram, X and TikTok at the stagey place, where you can find out all the information on all the episodes that we've released over the past couple of years, as well as some of the thoughts of the shows which we've been to see around the country. So, until next time, or whenever you would like to rejoin us here on The Stagey Place, I hope you're having a stagey week and staying safe. Goodbye.